everyone. Welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here. Today, I have our guest, Toby Murdoch. He's the CEO of Highway Education and second time on the podcast. So happy to have you back, Toby. The rare person of people who've been second time guests. <laughs> yeah, think, right? I, exactly. Yeah, we haven't had very many folks who've come on a second time. So obviously, that means you're a special guest. Um, for those of you who don't know what I, Highway Education is, it's it's a you know a great company, really a career launch pad for folks in digital marketing, specifically marketing ops. And um, we even have uh, Ruben on our team who is a Ooh. graduate and has um, you know spoken to other folks, and we've had mentors um, for the program. Um, but today we're going to be talking about a uh, findings from a recent report that Highway did with Demandbase on the state of MOPS talent. I was part of that and also some amazing other marketing ops folks like Daryl Alfonso and Sarah McNamara. Um, so it's a really great read and very interesting. There's so many good artifacts there that you can just even screenshot and send to your team or your boss, <laughs> letting them know about the state of MOPS. So um so yeah i'm excited toby we can just dive into some of the findings and obviously give my feedback too but um yeah so maybe we'll just kick it off so um it's a different it's a little bit of a different market since the 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 report has been posted but i feel like it's pretty much the same so what sort of growth is there around demand for uh talent in mops you think even now um, and then how are people responding to generating that supply? Cool. Well, Christy, thanks for having me to time guest. Quite honored. And again, you've been super <laughs> supportive of Highway and our mission, as well as this report that you're referencing. So thanks as always to you and your team for all that support. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you, I've worked in Highway, I've been working around this puzzle of the marketing ops talent industry, right? And the lack of supply mm -hmm. thereof. And I've spent a lot of time talking with experts and leaders in the industry and everyone like comes to me with their hair pulling out and how hard it is to find people <laughs> and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, but what what's the size of the problem? And like, can we get some numbers around it? And, you know, what's driving people's frustration and hair loss? Um, so... I didn't want to do it all alone, so I needed to, um, you know, partner with a company that's a lot bigger than mine. So Demand Base was great, and John Miller and his team, who I know you used to work with, uh, were, were great partners. And we surveyed um, almost 800 people in the MOPS industry. So we got a really pretty good data set to start, you know, drawing some conclusions of what's going on with MOPS talent and what exactly are the problems and, and you know, giving some people some pointers to what could be the solutions. And um, it's interesting, you know, everyone knows MOPS is growing, but what, what, yeah. what but how fast is it growing? Like, you know, what, what, what does it tell us? You know, we can look at like HubSpot, how fast is it growing? We used to be able to see how fast Marketo was growing when it was like an independent company. Now it's kind of part of the Adobe, but like, how, how fast is this growing? So we got some data around this just in terms of the number of people, um, number of companies using 
B2B marketing operations, so HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, Eloquet, et cetera. And so we found that the number of companies since 216, uh, the number of companies has increased 228%, so a gigantic number. That's from similar yeah. tech that, you know, it's a pretty reliable source that does this web crawling and can see who has Munchkin or the other JavaScripts kind of um, installed on their site. So huge, huge increase in the number of companies and then you multiply that by the number of people per company um, on MOPS teams. We've seen 66% growth on the average MOPS team since 2020. I mean, so we estimate worldwide anything MOPS kind of demand gen related um, that it's approaching um, a million professionals um, in the industry worldwide you know, at, at really significant growth rates. So when people are pulling their hair out and, and are really frustrated on the shortage of MOPS people and how hard they are to find. Um, we can see some numbers here of tremendous growth rates. And again, the number of number of companies using marketing automation technology and the number of people they have employed around those systems. Um, and we can see you know, where that stress is coming from. This, this insatiable demand. We see it all the time in our work lives in terms of how many companies are adopting and you know how how much they're coming to depend on these functions and, and these systems. Um, but this gives some numbers to see really the kind of stress and the pressure that's being put on the system with those sorts of growth rates. Yeah, I think it's interesting too when you talk about the growth from 2020 because I think that was definitely a pivotal moment for uh, companies because they, you know, they had that big shift with moving a lot of things to digital. And I think there was a lot of, you know, reliance on in-person events or more traditional type marketing. And when that happens and you also are looking at your budgets or operational efficiency, it just makes that need for MOPS grow even more. Yes. Um, and supporting tech with your new, um, with your new strategies. So it's definitely you know, I think that that was a pivotal time that's then just kind of stayed the standard. Like, and I think people also realize the importance of MOPS um, over time, which is, I, I hope part of this podcast was, due, you know, due to that. But also, I think just really feeling that need um, when strategies had to shift. And even, and you and I were talking before you hit record about how, you know, our economy, where it is now flirting with recession or whatever. But even then, there's really no slowdown in MOPS, too. Like you said, even when things get yeah. sort of weaker economically, it's so foundational and so fundamental that there's no let up, right? And so there's just so much mm -hmm. and so much demand for the function, for the skills, and for the talent, and it's creating tons of pressure. Yeah. Okay, and then you, you, you would ask, too, what yeah. is the industry doing about it? The sad part is, I would yeah. say, to summarize... Like nothing much, because we also asked in the <laughs> survey, uh, we also asked in the survey, you know, how did you get into MOPS? Did you have any sort of formal training um, mm -hmm. or did you just kind of fall into it and, and learn on the job? And 93% of our respondents said that they fell into it. And you just compare that to like other fields, other professional fields. Like, you know, there's a big demand for, you know, uh, mechanical engineers, and we have dozens of institutions every year that satisfy that demand by producing trained graduates who are ready for the job or, or 
architects or whatever you want to call it, but because our higher education system lags behind kind of where our economy is and because MOPS and digital marketing is moving so fast, like it just hasn't kept up. So we have no new source of talent being generated. So any kind of market where you have tremendous demand, which we've been talking about, and no new or barely any supply new supply being generated, at least in any kind of deliberate way, it's all in this kind of like happenstance fall into it way. This is, these are the conditions of a crisis, right? Like this is a condition where demand is through the roof and little to no supply is being generated in any systematic way. So it's these two factors that lead, that's behind again, all those people pulling their hair out and, and the frustrations that marketing ops leaders are facing. Yeah, totally. I think that also it just, I I think the frustration for some leaders too is just like not really understanding this. So I think that's good that we're talking about this. I think I, I think that leaders may understand, yes, it's hard to find this role. Oh, this is the hardest role for us to fill. But then no one kind of really understands the lead up to that. Like, why is there kind of what you're talking about? Like, you know, people fall into this role and it's a, it's a role that requires a ton of skill as well. So there's a lot of folks who like, you know, have been working in the job 10, 12 years and now getting to a point where they're really true experts in it, but there's not a lot of then training for then other more junior folks. Like it's a lot of self-learning, self-teaching, um, and that obviously doesn't leave a lot of opportunity either for, for folks because not a lot of people want to do that. No one, like yeah. it's a very hard thing to do to teach yourself. Your skills. Because I talked to a lot of people about this issue and they're like, well, back when I was starting in MOPS, you know, I walked uphill both ways to and from work and I thought <laughs> I learned it all myself. And, and that is true. Maybe not the uphill, but that is true that like totally. you and, you know, you know, the people who are currently MOPS leaders did teach it all themselves, but that's like very rare, right? So it's great that right. like, we found these like super, you know, resourceful people who were able to do that. And that kind of was how the first wave of people, but now with this incredible growth, it's just not sustainable that we're just like, and we need to continue right. to satisfy this tremendous demand by all these people who are so tough, and so, you know, have so much ingenuity that they can just figure it out themselves. That's like, then we should just close down the education system if that's our approach to everything, <laughs> because just everyone would be so tough that they're able to like figure it out on their own. It's no, it's great that so many pioneers and mops did that, but it's no way that the industry is going to get to the next phase of its growth. No, I think especially for, if you're on the hiring side, like, you know, you want that level, like base level, you want some, some of that learning to come from, uh, to be there or, you know, cause you want like a good base because you know, okay, how much resource and training can I do? You want to get that person up to speed really quickly. So to your point, like, okay, yes, it, it, it's possible. And like you said, yes, pe people like myself and stuff, we've had to do that but doesn't mean it's the right way to do it <laughs> so, um, or the, the, the easiest way. Um, so I totally agree.
I think with this, you know, like we've talked about the crisis before and and the state of MOPS and now this report's kind of putting some numbers around it, but we're really feeling, you know, we've, we've all really felt the pain of this, uh, whether it doesn't matter, like, I think what org you're in, because if you're on a team, you're wishing you had more people on your team. If you're a manager, you're wishing you had more people below you that can help you. If you're a leader, you're wishing that, you know, you didn't have to spend half your budget for one person when you could get more people because like you're trying to find right talent is also really expensive. So we're feeling those kind of effects, but based on what we saw across the report, what do you think are some of the other effects of this like supply and demand imbalance in, in yeah, the Yeah, a few things. So one, you know, mentioned a little bit, organizations are getting really kind of top heavy uh, that, you know, mm. they're, they're instead of, you know, a typical and a healthy market, you have, you know, kind of a pyramid-like structure where we have a few super experts, a larger number of reasonably experienced people, and then the widest number of people who are junior level folks who are able to kind of come in and, and do a lot of, you know, the, the lower level work so that the more senior people can really live their experience and do more sophisticated stuff. Um, instead, we found in our survey, uh, a little bit over a third of our respondents said that they felt that their work was too easy for them and that they would benefit wow. um, from, from having you know, the ability to delegate more of their work. And I think that's also related to um, some other statistics we found. We said, found that over half of MOPS pros uh, are struggling with burnout, and, and uh, almost three quarters um, say that the average tenure in the industry is about two years or less. So um, that's you know all telling signs. So you know, and so I, what I'm trying to do is put the numbers together with like my conversations and my LinkedIn feed, right? I, and I know. Chrissy, I feel like you you are the queen of Mops LinkedIn, so you probably know this more than anyone. But, um, you know, everyone's always talking about burnout. Everyone's always talking about turnover in the industry. Mm -hmm. This puts some numbers around, behind it and I think draws some lines, right? When you see people saying, you know, too much of the work that I do is too easy. I really wish I could delegate it. That's a huge driver then with people like, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm, I'm burnt out. I need a break mm -hmm. or I'm quitting. I'm moving on because, you know, I've been at this for, you know, five years, seven years. And, you know, I want to focus on, you know, the new challenges and frontiers. And I found myself, you know, cleaning out fields in, in contact databases or, you know, mm -hmm. doing rudimentary work and creating forms or whatever. And, and, uh, that's a huge drive. It's it's this kind of dysfunctional um, ecosystem where, again, instead of healthy and shaped like a pyramid, it's some other kind of polygon. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and um, and we, we need to reverse it. But there there's sort of it's hard to do without that new supply coming in. But it, it's kind of a it's a sick system. Um, from that mm -hmm. perspective, and not to mention salary, you know, salaries going up, which is something that I, we also found that salaries, according to our survey, are growing at twice the annual inflation rate in the, in the, mm -hmm. in the study, which, you know, isn't surprising to anyone who's uh, been, you know, been in the industry and seen. And, and while it's 
obviously beneficial for a good number of MOPS people. It's also um, a challenge for for more you know managers and leaders who are trying to manage budgets. And again, I think things would be better. It would just be healthier overall budget-wise if you could have more of a blend between junior and more experienced people. And in terms of the job satisfaction and, and, and tenure um, of, of the more senior people, if they could have more of a blend and they could, you know, more effectively delegate down work and not be so burdened by having to do everything themselves. Yeah. I think I have a few comments to things you said, because I think for the, for the folks that are, you know, doing the work that is, you know, too easy for them, or in some cases just, you know, monotonous or just, like you said, just they're not move. They're not taking on the big, challenging, strategic projects that they want to do. They're just stuck down in the firefighting, and we talk about that a lot and try and push mops folks to get beyond that. But sometimes that can be tough when you know the team is small and there's not a lot, not enough people. But it also just limits their growth. So then you just see that they'll start to feel like, oh, my growth isn't happening the rate I want. Uh, my learning isn't, and and then they're trying to go to another place, right? Yeah. So that's like the ten-year thing, right? The ten years really low because, like, oh well, if it's like this here, well, maybe it'll be so different somewhere else. And I think a lot well, of plus folks they're going to pay twenty-five grand more because yeah. there is such a lack of supply. So there's all these factors between you know job dissatisfaction because I'm not doing the growth work, and that there's so much demand that people just keep leapfrogging. Totally, and then you're just picking up where someone you know, tried to leave off and then you probably find you're in a similar situation. So I, I, I think also the salary things, I, I think it's great because marketing out folks are getting paid what they need, but I think also it's become so like maybe too inflated in certain cases. And, and yes, that, that can actually hurt some folks in their career because if they're at a certain level and they're like hit a certain cap and they go to their next job and they're, you know, demanding that pay, that company might be like, okay, well, you know, you're there, but we're like, we're going to kind of keep you there because we hired you at like our max kind of level, or they might get to a little bit turned off and be like, okay, this candidate isn't right for us. And like, let's move on. Cause what one company might pay you, you know, 10 other companies might not, and they'll get sticker shock when seeing it. So that can also hurt your chances of maybe actually getting an opportunity that's more fulfilling, maybe opens more learning. And so you're really just kind of, I think, you know, have a bit of a golden handcuff situation where you feel like, okay, I, I can't get more money than what I'm getting right now, but this, this environment isn't good for me either. And so I think mop folks really need to think too about, okay, my pay, there's more than just pay when it comes to job satisfaction. Um, but it's also quite, you know, kind of limiting or could be hindering folks in the market. Yep. Yeah, I th- exactly. And it's not like it's going to, it's not like it's going to go down anytime no. soon. Right? It, <laughs> no. so it's not like MOPS folks are any kind of risk of uh, having, you know, erosion in their pricing power or their earnings potential. No. But I just think to your point, everyone would be better off, especially in the big pack picture of, happiness overall of which pay is just a subset if we had sort of a more balanced and healthier kind of um, labor market and and ecosystem in the field. Yeah. When you're uh, looking, when you've 
when you guys were doing the survey, when you look across like some of even your clients at highway, do you feel like when you're having conversations with folks about their talent and seniority, like, do you feel like it's, they're just really a big need for having folks like more junior folks that can then like got to work. And are you seeing like that? Or are you also seeing just like there's a director and then there's no one else. So they're trying to fill those gaps with like senior managers and managers. I, I, I almost feel like the dysfunction has gone on so long that people have to sort of rediscover what normal is. You know what I mean? Like, and they have to like reorient themselves and figure out which way is up. So like the conversation that I have is like, you know, I finally decided that, you know, so, so I have two directors and I finally decided, you know, that in terms of our two directors in the space and maybe some more senior managers that we have some junior people, right? Because we do tons of, you know, just the execution level of our campaigns and we're having these senior people do it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to get a junior person in to do that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, no shit, but I think people, (laughs) but but I think that people just come to accept that there aren't junior people. And if there are, they're they're not going to be job ready. So I don't want to train them. And so I'm not even going to consider hiring that. And I and like I'm just gonna kind of baseline expect I'm not gonna get anyone cheaper for like 150 grand. And even though they've been doing this for four or five years and they can like crank out campaigns in their sleep, they're the people I have and and they're gonna do that work. And so for me, and I have a lot of these conversations, they're just sort of it's People are just starting to have, at least, you know, they're probably not talking to me unless they're starting to have this breakthrough, but they're having this breakthrough of thinking like, oh, shit, like, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. And maybe I can have junior people who do the routine and more mundane stuff, you know, because they're way more cost effective and I'll let my more senior people be happy because they can focus on the more challenging work, you know, at the kind of the frontier of their capability. Um and, but it's yeah. it's almost like a discovery that people are coming to that of even this possibility because this dysfunction has been go- going on for so long. Yeah, I think one thing that's key there too, and I think what can be successful for junior folks, like a lot of times it's like, oh, we have, you know, an intern who comes on, they're more of a generalist and then they'll help out the whole marketing team or whatnot. Or maybe you have like one junior person, but then they're supporting a team of like five people. And I think what we'll, what we find at CS2 that works really well is try to do a, a ratio where you have a junior person with a more senior person, and it's almost like a one to one kind of situation. Um, just because the the amount of time it takes to train or hands on in this you know, and what we do, especially with like you talked about with the rate that things change or the amount of learning you have to do, you almost like want, you know, you can't just like leave that person to just figure it yeah. out. You could, the old days, but that's what you're we not going to get the that's results that you want. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I just think that I just, and even back then, like I remember one of my bosses just saying to me, like, he, oh, granted, he was a great boss, but he would be so busy and he'd be like, just Google it, you know, or like, 
I would be so like nervous to even ask like my boss for help because you just know how busy they were and strapped for time. And I think you want to create an environment and be realistic. Okay. If we're going to bring on um, folks to really help, there should be a clear line of like, okay, who's going to be training this person, but also, but who's going to just be mentoring them? Who's going to be teaching them? And, and I think that one-to-one is exactly right because they're, if done well, it's really beneficial for both, right? That senior person, mm-hmm. again, doesn't want to spend their time cleaning the database or cranking out the campaigns or running the reports and stuff, right? And you can absolutely, if you want to call me, I can tell you, you can absolutely find people who are job ready to do that, who are junior and a reasonable price, right? So that saves huge amounts of time, huge amounts of time for the senior person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you said, the junior person, well, obviously they're going to be resilient and they're going to figure out a lot themselves, but they still, if they're still, you know, leaning on themselves a ton, there are going to be times where there's key questions and key mentorship that they're going to receive from people that is massively beneficial. So I think that one-to-one ratio, um, if done right, and you get in the junior person who has that threshold level of skills so so they don't have to go through the rudimentary training. Everybody wins. Like the senior person is more productive, focuses on what they want to do, and the junior person has that mentorship that really, you know, furthers and, and, and accelerates their advancement. Totally. Yeah. I want to um, talk about one last thing around the burnout side, because I, I know in the report, I talked about burnout, but also I talked about languishing, which is like just the inability to finish mm. projects, which a lot of marketing ops teams really struggle with because you have all these competing priorities and the rate at which some of those shift are faster than what you realistically can do. So it's very hard to see all your big strategic projects come to fruition. And because you're just dealing with firefighting and things like that, so you'll start something. But so I think that plays a role. But I think there now that the the concept of burnout obviously is across the board. Like, you know, you see it on LinkedIn, a lot of people are rethinking their job environments, stuff like that. But especially in MOPS, I think it's known for being kind of a world, you know, a world that's challenging and has that risk of burnout and turnover. And how do you think that then plays a negative effect in just creating interest for people to take on this job or come into the market? Because I think about that as well. It's like we have a limiting chance for people coming into MOPS, but also do you feel like some of the negative um, sentiment can also just turn people off from wanting to go down that career path as well? Uh, I, not so much, to tell you the truth, at least from my vantage point, because I'm dealing with a lot of people who are just coming into the career path, right, it, given what I feel. And, you know, there's so much more awareness of SEO, of social media marketing, of pay-per-click. Like, no one even knows what MOPS is. I mean, just just like, no one even knows what MOPS is. You know, by and large, if you, like, surveyed, you know, a hundred, you know, marketing graduates of college students, marketing graduates, like, like, one might even know what MOPS is. It's just because it's not as con- nearly as consumer facing. The other thing is, even if they were interested, how would they learn how to do it? You know, like, you know, 
you know, it, it, and like, you know, for like Google Analytics, you get a free instance of Google Analytics and you can go learn with it, play with it. Da, 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 da. Like Marketo, there ain't no free instance of Marketo. Even if you go and do Marketo certifications, it's all on this like virtual screen, blah, 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 BS. Like it's really like shut off. So no one even knows what it is to tell you the truth. So I don't think it's, it's a turnoff for mm-hmm. those yeah. thinking of entering it. I would say though, that's good. That's why I wanted to ask because I think that you're right. I, I don't even think if people even maybe plays a role for the market market because I think people just don't even know that there's this job. But I think what I hope too, and what I think higher education or we, you guys are doing is just shine a light on this is like a valuable oh, career. Yeah. This is something that's in oh, demand, yeah. right? Like there's so many opportunities. So I think. Yes, there's some chances of of some of that what people experience, but I think there's still a lot of people who are just like wanting their foot. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I mean, once they learn about it, they're like, this is fantastic, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so I think it has fantastic appeal, but it's just hard for it to kind of generate. It hasn't generated much wider labor market awareness has been my uh, experience. But I will say to your point about languishing, though, I think that's a powerful one, right? So frustrating. It's it's a special kind of burnout, right? When there's all these things Mm -hmm. that you can do, that you want to do, that you know you should do to do things well, and you're just firefighting, and you're doing things half-ass, and you're generating tons of technical debt, and things just aren't working well, right? That's a special, that's like a special kind of purgatory that so many, like, people are in right that that and uh and it's because again they there's the sense that junior people don't exist we can't delegate and it, it creates this really bad situation for everyone and that that languishing is a particularly torturous form of burnout <laughs> yeah definitely all right, to end, I want to talk about, you know, what people are experiencing with hiring and, and maybe how we can improve upon the situation. But from the report or from your findings, like how, from a way we can maybe quantify it, but how much time and money is actually spent on hiring? For yeah, so we did, now? we asked people how long does it take just in duration to hire one, how much time is spent, Um and then how much do they spend on like external resources like ads and recruiters? We found that um, over $20,000 on average per hire, both between explicit spending and the, the, the spending on payroll for people who are spending time hiring, just because it's so hard. It's so hard to find people. Um, so that's really significant. We also found it was over $30,000 $30, spent uh, on on training new junior level people. For those who do bring in junior level people, we found that the majority of them took six to nine months to get fully ramped, and that the team was investing lots of hours, um, almost uh, between about eight hours a week um, of, of you know team hours in, in in ramping that person. So that's a lot of time and resources. So it's it's hard it's just when the market is so tight for the reasons that we talked about um it's yeah. a the, the solution is let's get more people but when to go to get more people is so um expensive in time and resources both to bring them on and to train them up 
it can be really discouraging. People just tend to like, ah, oh, fuck it. And they stick with the status quo and they just kind of grind away. And um, like I said, a lot of people True. just don't even think it's possible um, to get junior people who won't take a long ramp, who are affordable and will happily do that junior level stuff that, that, that can be delegated down to. They don't think that that exists um, and that sort of holds them back in their conception of how their, their teams might function. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard too. It's like when you, there's that, you see also just turnover happening. So when you're trying to invest money into acquiring your talent and training the talent, then you might lose that yeah. talent. It can then hurt uh, some orgs from even wanting to in, in, invest the the money again um, because they get burned and feel like they have to start at square zero, you know, zero. Well, that, that's the overall them. dynamic right now. So just a quick stat on that. When I was graduating college, this was in the 90s. I'm quite a bit older than you. Uh, the average <laughs> jo- the average college graduate in the first five years of uh, uh, post-college had on average 1.3 jobs. Now it's approaching three. So there's a lot more mobility in the labor market, mostly because of all the information the internet the internet has kind of unleashed, which is a good thing in a lot of ways. But because yeah. of that, the downside is, like you said, an aversion to training. If I'm going to have to spend a ton of time training someone and the market is so mobile and I know that I'm going to hire them, they're not going to be, no, they're not going to have that much value to me. I'm not going to pay them that much. But then their market value is going to increase dramatically as I train them and get experience. And then they're going to skedaddle and my investment is wasted. It's like, ah, um, it's a, it's a, um, the benefit of the new labor market mobility is great, but it really discourages the training investments that are needed to kind of help a market like ours and MOPS where there's such a lack of new supply. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just see a bunch of people being mobile, but not even getting all of the like learning or experience or even reps at those like strategic projects that they really need, which then impacts people's perceptions of mops and everyone has different skill sets. Some are really advanced, some are not. They just have been, have moved on to so many jobs, different titles, different pay, but their skills are exactly the same. Um, so, but that could be totally different across for someone else. So it, it then for hiring managers, they're getting kind of like mixed. Can, it's really hard for hiring managers, especially if you're not in mops, if you're like a recruiter oh, yeah. and it, you know, <laughs> it's hard to see consistency across the board and then provide to, you know, your, your client. Okay. These are these employees or, you know, potential employees are one-to-one. So it, it's, it's, it takes a lot more time to kind of see, okay, what actually is the right fit? Who is the right fit? Do their skills actually match what we need? Uh, we can't just go just based on past experience. Yeah. And it's sort of an, it's really an impossible or not impossible, but a super challenging situation to solve, right? Like once you're yeah. kind of speculating, well, how well can this person grow into this, even if they don't have experience and uh, it's really risky. Yeah. So what can the industry start doing? 
Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a softball, but I think that, uh, no, as we've <laughs> talked about, I think the root cause of all of these challenges is a lack of new supply being generated. And so, yeah. um, fortunately, that's what we're doing at Highway. Um, we recruit and we do a lot of that evaluation for finding people who are high potential, but maybe haven't realized the potential a lot in, in their skills. We also have a social mission, so we focus on people from disadvantaged background. Um, so finding out those high potential people and identifying them, then we we hire them. And for the first few months, all we do is train them. And we have a super, super rigorous um, uh, training program that a whole bunch of people in the industry helped us devise, yourself included. Um, that's um, been really effective in getting people to job readiness. Um, you mentioned Ruben. Uh, on your team, I loved mm -hmm. when I interviewed Charlie, bless his heart, and he talked about how Ruben was billable in his first month. And that's just you know, yeah. the, the what we try to achieve is through our training, we can deliver people that are job ready. So in an agency, they're billable, you know, in-house, they're not billable, but they're adding value, you know, within that first 30 days period because they've gone through our training, but they're also really inexpensive and they're also really willing to do that you know, lower level of operational work to prevent the burnout, to let senior people focus on senior topics and senior issues and, and make this whole industry a lot more functional. So uh, we hope that in what we're doing to generate new supply that's job ready, um, that's affordable, and that's aligns with a lot of leaders' kind of social values, um, that we can help help the industry get where it needs to go for its next phase of growth. Yeah, that's great. We're going to be like linking, we're going to be linking to the report in the show notes, but we'll also link to Highway Education's website and Toby's LinkedIn. So if you have any questions on Highway, I'm sure he'll be happy to talk with you, whether you're an employer or you're another agency owner like myself, or just someone who's interested in learning more. And you might even know someone who's a great candidate for it. Um, definitely encourage you all to reach out to Toby or check out the website and learn more about the program. Um, I think it's much needed. I think also universities, if you're listening, should be like taking some notes, you know, maybe you need to partner with Highway yeah, uh, to see what they're doing. Yeah, Cal Poly. <laughs> um, I, 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 there's that, that, hopefully that comes up soon, but for now, you know, we'll, we'll see educate highway education as the, as part of the answer. So thank you so much, Toby, again, for being on the podcast. Um, you know, the report was awesome, like I said. So for all of you who haven't seen it, uh, check it out in the show notes. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your colleagues and friends. And we'll see you next time on Forward Thinking. Thanks, Thanks Toby.